Hey love, Ashley Han here, online branding and marketing strategist, entrepreneur, author, and coach, and welcome to a brand new special exclusive series of my show called Female on Fire, where I am taking you behind the scenes with incredible, powerful, successful, sexy, radiant females on fire. From spine-tingling pain-to-power stories, real and raw girl talk, to actionable tools and frameworks that you can use use and apply in your own life, it is my intention that as you listen to each of these episodes, you will feel a spark light up inside of you and walk away feeling on fire and radiate that beautiful, unique, powerful flame out into the world. Let's dive in. So if you happen to have been keeping track of my Female on Fire series, you may know or realize that this is the 12th episode of what I said was going to last for 11 episodes only. Well, that's because I ended up having way too much fun in this series chatting with females on fire that I thought, you know what, I'm not ready to end it. So we are marching onward with Female on Fire and I'm super excited for you to meet today's guest, And I'm so excited that she made her way to me. She is a freaking powerhouse, amazing woman. And she has really made a name for herself as an expert in growing small businesses. Her name is Stacey Tushel. And put it this way, Stacey started her own business at the age of 18 in her parents' backyard and turned that company into a multi-million dollar business that she still runs today. (laughs) How freaking cool is that? And she's going to tell that story in the beginning of the episode. I'm excited for you to hear it. And in in addition to being a small business growth coach, Stacey is a best-selling author, founder of the Foot Traffic Formula, where she helps small businesses around the world get more customers in the door, more profit in their pocket, and more happiness in their homes. I am really excited about our topic today because for any of you ladies that struggle with getting it all done, experience overwhelm, stress, anxiety from time to time, we are going to go in on that and how to optimize your time, to be more efficient, to get rid of that stress and overwhelm because ain't nobody have time for that in 2021. And we're excited to share the tips and tools and strategies that you can implement starting today that will support you in creating higher productivity and lower stress. So without further ado, let's dive into it. All right, Stacy, I am super excited to jam out with you on this episode. The more I learned about you, the more excited I got <laughs> to jam out with you on here. So thank you so much for coming on and giving up your time and energy uh, to the audience today. Yeah, well, Ashley, thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat and just see where the conversation takes us. Yeah, so I would like to start. I know exactly where I'd like to start with you because I heard a little story of your uh, backyard business backstory, if you will. And I thought that was so cool. So would you grace the audience with this story as well? Yeah. So I know lots of entrepreneurs have like the lemonade stand story where they started it when they were 12. And my backyard business story is my real business that I still have today. So it's usually interesting for people to hear that I still own it. So what happened was I was a dancer in high school. And when I was graduating from school, then going to college, um, I knew I wasn't going to be a professional dancer, but I didn't want to stop dancing. So I thought, well, I'll go to school. And at the same time, I will start having like 
a, a middle school competitive dance team in my area. The middle schools were doing dance, but they weren't competing like the high schoolers were. And that was what I just finished. And I loved it. So I thought, OK, I'm going to try this and see. So the first year I have 17 kids, 17 girls that come to my parents backyard. That's where we're practicing. And um, word kind of picks up. And within three years, I have about 100 dancers that are coming for the backyard. And um, I'm still going to school. I'm still, you know, going to get a degree to get a real job. And thankfully, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So I live here in Wisconsin. And we, as a family business, my, my family digs basements for houses like that. They're in the construction space. So because I was in that family and they saw what was happening and they saw I was spending zero dollars on marketing, but our growth was insane. Um, uh, my grandparents, my parents were like, I think you have a business here. Like, I think you could actually do something with this and make this be your career, which sounded just too good to be true. But um, I took their advice. I decided to start the business while I was still graduating and was going to get my degree, just kind of like a backup plan to see what happens. And the business just started to skyrocket when I finally transitioned it from hobby to business. Um, now today, you know, even through the pandemic, we have about a thousand dancers that come to us every single week. Um, consistently, we've been grossing a million dollars a year for several years. Uh, we've grown through, you know, the 2008 recession, the pandemic, like we were shut down for two and a half months, but we did some major pivots and we are coming out of it really strong. So it's just crazy the journey that it has taken, but I do still own and operate. I have two locations now actually in the Milwaukee area, but, um, about five years ago, I started to teach other small business owners how I was able to grow my business. And that's what's brought me here today. Wow. Oh, I love so much of that story. And I knew you and I were going to get along because <laughs> I love dancing. My, my followers know, like I literally, whenever I can, I break out it just New Year's. I had my family over mm -hmm. and I was like doing like <laughs> old Zumba routines. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I love, I love that. That's, that's one of your passions. That's so cool that you created a business and that you still run and operate that business. That yeah. is so, um, I mean, magical. So thank cool. you. Um, thank you. So thank you for, for sharing that. And the fact that even like you said, with, through the recession and now with the yeah. pandemic, I mean, I, I honestly, I would love personally, and I'm sure listeners, yeah. any listeners now who have a brick and mortar or who want to start a brick and mortar and maybe are scared because of where we are currently, yeah. um, I would love to kind of hear from you maybe one or two big things that you like, I, I know that you speak on recession proof yeah. and like really yeah. recession proofing your business. So really, if, if there's some kind of uh, strategy or tip that you can share with the listeners, yeah. that would be amazing. Yeah. So I think one of the things, you know, before we hit this pandemic, I was already preaching. There's another recession coming, like get ready. We've got to plan. We've got to prepare. So I did a, a podcast in February of 2020, how I was recession proofing my business. And then March, I think 16th, my business was shut down. So it was crazy to see how that happened. But one of the biggest things that I learned through this specific uh, recession, if you want to call it, is that it really doesn't matter what you gross, it matters what you spend and what the profit margin is left over. So we have taken for the first year in 18 years, we have had less gross revenues this year than the year prior. That has never happened before. So looking at that, I would just assume business is not great, but that's not the case. In fact, we're doing actually a little bit better this time 
um, in January of 2021, we are doing a little bit better than we were January of 2020 pre-COVID. So I think it just goes to show you that you really have to know your numbers. Business is math, right? You don't get to say, I'm not good at math. I've never been good at math. Well, you better get good at math if you want to stay in business, right? So for me, I think the biggest thing was really knowing my numbers and obsessing over my numbers and asking myself, okay, if I'm only going to bring in, you know, if we're keeping 80% of our clients, how do we cut 20% of our expenses and making hard Mm. choices and hard decisions? And that was kind of step one. And Mm. then really step two was looking at where is there opportunity here? Where is there a place for growth? Where is there something that we've never thought about doing, but now is the time. So besides dance, a few years ago, maybe at 10 years ago ish, we added music lessons to our studios as well. So not only do we teach dance, but we teach like private piano and voice and guitar and all of that. And I saw very quickly that people did not want virtual dance classes. Like that is not what they sign up for dance. They want it's social. They want to be with their friends. It's this group environment. But private music lessons, they're okay with it one on one and they were okay with it virtually. So when we saw that, we immediately pivoted and all summer long, we were creating a digital product of digital piano lessons, learning from home um, and having that kind of help diversify us a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm not just saying, oh, just you know, ride it out. You'll be fine. We'll get back to normal. No, the times have changed. We have to really ask ourselves, like, what has 2020 taught us and where are we going to head because of it? And there are definitely some big changes that we've made since COVID has, you know, come into the United States. Mm, Oh, that's so great. And you guys, you thought outside of the box and you capitalized on something that you actually focused in on something because it sounded like you were already offering that before prior, but you weren't really focusing in on it. So it allowed you the opportunity to take that to the next level. Yeah. And I think too, I kept thinking, I I always knew like diversifying is so incredibly important in everything you do. Right. Mm -hmm. So I thought because I had dance and I had music and I had my, we have a state licensed preschool program. I thought that was diversification, which it is in a way. But when you look at it, it's 100% in-person lessons. So it's not very pandemic proof, right? When all of a sudden something has to shut down. And, you know, Mm. yes, this is a really rare situation, but who's to say it's not going to come back? Who's to say there's not going to be some sort of another occurrence of something? Now that it's possible to shut down a brick and mortar business, I have to be very crystal clear knowing that it could happen at any time and I've got to be prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And really what, what stuck out to me is innovation. Yeah. Uh, my father is in uh, real, the real estate industry. And as you know, that can be a very archaic industry in terms of the way that they do things. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they want to stick to the, the tried and true way. Um, my dad is a natural born innovator. He was so excited about the pan- and I'm not I'm saying this, obviously, there's a lot of tragedy that happened with the pandemic, of yeah. course, but he was excited about the opportunity mm-hmm. that it provided for innovation, which is the thing that he's been pushing his company to do. But a lot of them are like, eh, now it was like they had to listen, yeah. they had to do something new. And he told me he was like, Ashley, he's like, I've never made more money in my entire career, which is crazy, because my my dad's done so well in, in his career, even like, when I was in high school, I remember mm-hmm. him and he's like, I've never done better the industry will never be the same in the best way possible. Like they've gotten way more efficient at notary. Like it's all, all these things that have changed in his Mm -hmm. company. So, um, but it all, what really stuck out to me is yes, innovation. Yes. Thinking outside of the box, your response 
the way that you react, the way that you respond to these unexpected things that we could have never predicted. Right. Yeah. And And don't get me wrong. I threw myself a pity party. Like I was not excited March 16th or March 13th. when We heard like we may be closing. Okay. I threw a pity party and I owned it. But the second I came out of that and I did quickly because there's not, you don't get a long time to do that. Right. I had to really ask myself, what am I going to do? How am I going to react? How am I going to start to get to be proactive in our thinking, um, in the innovation, right? With challenge comes growth, but you don't feel that way when you're in it, when you're keeping your head above water and you're just trying to figure out what this is going to look like. No, I wasn't excited about it in March, but today I'm, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to grow in 2020. It has taught me a lot. It has shown my weaknesses and anything I was upset about was because I wasn't as strong as I needed to be in those areas. I like to say that 2020 was literally the microscope that we needed. Like it just put everything under everything that was already there, right? Everything that was already there, just spotlight. Absolutely. (laughs) It really amplified what was already going on. And for those of us that weren't happy, it's just, you know, a kind of a red flag. It's a warning sign of time to change, time to to take this and learn from it and figure out where we want to head in 2021. Oh, okay. Perfect. This is a great segue to go to where I'm excited to go. Okay. So I, I love that we, we really address that. I haven't addressed it in, I think uh, it's been a while because I did a podcast with my boyfriend, Gerard Adams, um, uh, when the, it was like, had it been in March, but it was right when it first happened. Okay. So I'm happy we got to like now, you know, now that we're in 2021 mm-hmm. and kind of wrapping that up and, and really, uh, I believe everything touches everything. The way we do one thing is the way we do everything. So um, it is, it's an opportunity for us to look at, to look at what we have and to grow um, in the areas where we may have neglected in the past. So moving forward into 2021, I know that you are really passionate about something that I'm really passionate about. And I know my audience is going to love this. So I get a lot of women asking me, you know, saying, Oh, I'm overwhelmed. I'm anxious. I have so much on my plate. I have so much to do. And I want to do so much more. Like what the heck? Like this, how, how do you get it all done? So Stacey, I know you're super passionate about this too. What is that secret code to -hmm. getting it all done? Well, let me tell you, there's not just one answer. I mean, I wrote an entire book on it. So there's a <laughs> lot we can dive into right now. So let's just go into a couple of these and, and we can kind of just take it as we go. But I think one of the biggest things that I want to touch on is understanding the difference between perfectionism and high standards, right? So people will look at me or they'll look at just anybody they, they look at on social media and they think, I want that business. Like, I want to look like that, right? I want that social media account. And they start to get this idea of what we've been creating or how we create it. And then they start to think, this is the goal. I must do this or else I'm a failure. And that is not the case. So I always tell people, I have very, very high standards, but I don't wait to put something out until it's perfect. I don't wait to release it to the market or to tell you about it until it's like set in stone, done deal. No, I like to like give myself a B plus and go, okay, time to put it out there, right? It doesn't need to be that A plus. It doesn't need to be the extra credit. And so many people are waiting to get things done, right? And I will tell Mm -hmm. you when you're waiting, when you're feeling stuck, I'm sure a lot of the listeners right now are, have been in a place before where maybe they felt stuck in 2020. Maybe they felt stuck at a certain time in their life. 
And you get unstuck by doing, you get unstuck by trying and putting yourself out there and testing things and throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be perfect, but that doesn't mean it's a failure. It doesn't mean that you didn't succeed or you're not getting it all done or you don't have your acts together, right? So I really want you to understand that you could have a very messy 2020 and still have done a phenomenal job. And a mm. lot of times we forget to tell ourselves that. Mm. Oh, it's so crazy that you're bringing it and so perfect that you just said all of that because I'm reading a book right now. I don't know if you've read it. Brave, not perfect. Mm, I haven't. It's, it's, it's what you just said. Um, and I, it's been really firing me up because I mean, come on listeners, <laughs> ladies. I mean, we, as women, we are natural bred perfectionists, yeah. right? We, we want everything to be perfect. We're actually bred that way. Um, so letting go of perfection is definitely a practice. And as you do it, as you flex that muscle of being like the, I forget the author's name right now, I'm blanking, but being brave and going for it anyway, yeah. and not, not worrying about perfection, you'll see like messy action is better than no action. Mm -hmm. Like we're not moving. Right. So I, I love that, that you said that. And especially I'm sure many people after, after 2020 are feeling stuck um, yes. and, and needed to hear what you just said. Mm -hmm. So, so thank you for that, for highlighting that for us. That's yeah. That's and well, and one more thing too, because I know we think we have to get it all done, right? The secret to getting it all done is being selective with what you choose to get done, right? The secret to doing this is really asking yourself, like, what moves the needle? When I sit down and I'm feeling overwhelmed and that happens, I mean, I have a lot on my plate. I have multiple businesses. Trust me. I feel overwhelmed quite a few like times, but I sit there and I think, but what has to get done today? What will make a difference in my business if I do this? What will move the needle by doing this? And if I can't find an answer, I'm like, well, I don't know what that result's gonna be. I don't know what that's gonna do for me. Then it gets pushed to the side and I start to prioritize the biggest things that are going to give me the biggest bang for my buck. Mm, yes, okay. Uh, that feeling of overwhelm, that feeling of stress, anxiety, it's because we're looking at all the things all at once. And we're like, and, and not only the big things, the little things, the all the things. And that's what's causing this state of overwhelm because then we're like, oh my God, I have all this stuff I need to do. So do you have like a methodology? And I, I heard you say kind of, which is yeah. actually very similar to mine, um, eat the frog first, mm -hmm. right? Which is meaning like get that one big thing you've been avoiding yeah. done. Um, and you talked about the one thing that moves that needle. Mm -hmm. um, but when, when you do have, you know, someone who's writing down their to-do list and they start to feel that overwhelm, like what's that, the one thing that they need to do now? Yeah. So looking at your to-do list, it's funny, especially as a woman, it'll be like, buy bread, write a book. Like it's like the little things. And then like this massive year long project on the same yeah. list. Okay. Yeah. Please yeah. don't do that. Like what I want you to do is I want you to start to ask yourself, like, what are things that need to be done now? And what are things that you love, but you need to love it for later and put it mm. in a parking lot. So I have a lot of what I call parking lots where I just park these ideas. So I'm involved in masterminds and group coaching programs. And just, I'll be on an amazing podcast, like right now with you. And you'll say something. I'm like, Oh, I love it. 
is it a right now or is it a put it in the parking lot for later, right? Just because you have a great idea and it's working well for you doesn't mean I have to completely sidetrack what I'm doing in my business, right? It, like you said before, what you do, like how you do anything is how you do everything. If you're going to stop what you're doing to now do what somebody else just said they're going to do, and you're always starting but not finishing, you're not going to get the results you're looking for, mm-hmm. right? So the more you can say, ooh, Ashley, this is amazing, right? This is a great idea. Okay, go find your parking lot, put it in a Trello board, put it in your project management software, wherever, whatever you use, just go put it down. Just don't put it on today's to-do list because that is what people do. Or they'll put it on a calendar like, oh, I'll do that Friday. I'll do that Friday. I'll do that Friday. Or um, the, the best part is when people think like, oh, I'll do that on the first of the month. And in their Google calendar, they go to the first of the month and it's like everything they think they're going to do <laughs> in a day. And it's really for like the next year or two. So I think just really understanding like, is this the priority right now and taking an assessment. So I love to take an assessment every 90 days. I look at my calendar. I look at my bank account, right? I start to analyze and assess like, what was a good use of my time? What lights me up? What mm-hmm. do I dread? If I sit down at my computer and I go into my calendar and I, and I just think, oh, this is my day. I immediately ask, what do I not like about it? How can yeah. I do less of what I'm dreading and more of what lights me up and more of what excites me? Mm, okay. I have a, a literal pro I have a process for this. I even okay. might require every member on my team to take an audit. So it's an audit of literally everything that you do from mm-hmm. on a day-to-day week-to-week basis. And they do it once every quarter okay. and they go through and there's a ranking system. So it's that you're ranking your enjoyment level. Another really great thing to rank on is your, is it your highest and best youth Mm. ladies we are total uh like we're guilty of this all the time where we just want to do it all because we don't trust somebody else to do it as good as we do there's a perfectionist coming in again rearing its head right um and the third one is skill level so you have skill enjoyment which you talked about too and then the highest and best use and then you either decide to eliminate delegate or automate it um and eliminating is 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 i don't know i mean I have so many questions about what you just said. Um, But when someone identifies that they don't enjoy something, right. And it really drains them of their energy. What are your next steps for that person? What do you, what do you coach your clients into doing? Yeah. And first, I love the way you audit. I audit differently. So I'm going to swipe some of that. So I appreciate you sharing your version of that for sure. Um, So I think some of the things that I do, because when I do my audit, I kind of ask myself as a CEO, is it strategic or is it tactical? Okay. So when I say tactical, I kind of think like anybody on my team could do it. I could delegate it. So I'm trying to remove the tactical and keep strategic because that is where my zone of genius lies. Right. So I think the biggest thing for you to ask yourself is where is your zone of genius? Where should you be pouring your time and energy? Like, what does that look like for you? Right. Mm -hmm. Now, the question is, if it is something like if you said to me, like you wanted to remove something off your plate, more like CEO visionary work, right? I wouldn't necessarily say to you, yes, go give the vision to somebody else. That is something that should be on the CEO's plate. We've got to figure out why you don't enjoy it, how you can start to enjoy it, and maybe figure out a mentor or a book or something to inspire you to go, oh, I can do it this way. This Mm -hmm. feels right for me. This makes sense, right? Now that to me, as long as you're keeping the things on your plate that you should be, and then you've got the tactical type stuff where you're like, well, somebody else could run my Facebook ads. Somebody else could post on social media. Somebody else could, yes, 100%. 
But um, the question when you start to ask yourself, like, should I delete this? Should I get it off my plate completely? Before you even go there, ask yourself, like, have you fully maximized it before you've decided it doesn't work? So if somebody comes to me and they're like, oh, I'm quitting YouTube. It's, it doesn't actually work for my business. Half the time I'm like, no, 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 you're just not working it. You don't know how to do YouTube well. So that's why it's not working for you. But don't say YouTube doesn't work, right? So mm -hmm. that's where I'm like, slow down. Let's assess, is this, should this have been on somebody else's plate for them to go in with their zone of genius and blow it up, right? Yeah. Before you just assessing like, oh, it's time to get rid of it. So I, I, I love looking at like, where is, like you said, the best use of your time? What lights mm. you up? What excites you? Now, there are, good news are, or good news is that sometimes there are things on your to-do list that you can get rid of that will not make a difference. You think you have to be doing it. You think you True. have to post and you know, on one of these platforms every day, every hour, whatever it is. And really, if you stop doing it, it wouldn't make a difference, right? So there are some things when you get to say, you know what? No, that strategy is no longer effective. We don't need to do that anymore and remove it. So you've got to start to really just take assessments nonstop. You know what? You, so I inspired you and then you hit me right back and you inspired me, Stacey, because I was like, ooh, that's a good ranking. Like it's really a, a needle, what do you call it? A needle rank. <laughs> like what, what moves the needle the most? Yeah. Like you can yeah. rank that. Like, because you just said there's things that we do that really like you take it off and it's really not moving the needle either way. Yeah. So, so that's a really good ranking system too. I would, I would write that down guys listening right now. Um, if you are looking at, Hey, how can I optimize myself? How can I optimize my time in 2021? Um, that's another great way to rank it. Is this, how critical is this to moving the needle in your business? Yeah. Um, so I love that. I have another question for you. And you said yeah. you were talking about this earlier. We kind of alluded, but I, I would love to know, cause this is a controversial top, uh, question. <laughs> Beep, beep. I am interrupting today's programming to ask you a question. I'm trying something new here. Are you enjoying the episode so far? Are you getting value from it? Have you had any aha moments, any takeaways? If you are enjoying the episode, please screenshot and share on Instagram on your story and tag us, tag me because I would love to repost to my story as well. I love seeing when you're enjoying the episodes and getting value from it. It means so much to me to see that. And for the love of criminies, that's even a thing. If you have not reviewed or rated my podcast yet, and you're listening to it now, please, honey, please take a second and rate and review my podcast. It means so much to me. It shows me that you're enjoying the content, that it's valuable to you, and it inspires me to create more. So I really hope that you're doing that right now. And I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let you carry on with the rest of this episode. Enjoy. Do you believe that it's okay to focus on more than one thing at a time? This is a controversial question. It is. <laughs> so totally, okay. I've, I've heard all kinds of views on this. Yeah. So I do believe in having a one thing that you are hyper-focused on, but the bigger your team is, the more you get to be diversified. So if I have five leaders on my team, they all have their own one thing mm -hmm. for the quarter. Does that make sense? So yeah. if you're a one woman show, yes, you better believe hyper-focused, very little on your to-do list. The bigger you get, the more you get to focus on and do. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I love that. That's a, mm -hmm. that's a really simple, straightforward yeah. way to put it because I can say, 
that totally rings true for me because when I first started out with my business, Mm -hmm. I was a one, 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 one woman show. And I, whenever I would try to do a lot of things at once, I really found myself not effective (laughs) at all. And I would have, do you know, Shanda Sumter? Um, I know of her. Yes. Okay. Well, early on, we, we had a conversation. She literally told me, she was like, Ashley, you're having shiny object syndrome, like stay focused. And I'm like, all right, got it. Okay. And, but now you're right. Now I'm in a totally different position. I have a whole team to support me. Like I would have, like, if I was a one woman show up, there's so much that my team's currently doing that I would not be doing because I know it's be effective. Well, and then that's where it kind of stinks for people that are watching us with teams that are one woman shows that, oh, I got to do this and I got to do that. It's like, I would never do half this stuff if I was still single by myself doing this alone. So that's where you have to ask yourself, what is the best use of your time right now or collectively with your team? Mm -hmm. And then, like I said before, when you have a bigger team, each of my leaders own a project for 90 days. So I can't personally own six projects, but if I have six leaders and they each own one and yes. it's their baby, they're going to get done and, and someone's going to be held accountable and they will get it at the end of that quarter. So that makes a big difference too, when somebody can take ownership of those specific things. One tip that I will share too, um, with our focus, because we have a larger team and we're all working on possibly different things but there is one unifying goal. So we have a critical number in our business that we track on a daily basis. And it's like, no matter who you are in the business or what you do, or if you're marketing or sales or you're in operations, no matter what you do, the critical number is the most important number in the entire business. And for Mm -hmm. us, it's the number of active, meaning like paying clients that we have in our uh, group coaching program. Mm. So we know every day how many we currently have and what the goal is by the end of the year. We are all striving for that number, no matter who we are in the business. Because think, if you're in operations, you may be in collections. You may be making sure the credit cards go through because we don't care if you signed a contract, but you're not paying, right? Um, If you're in marketing, we need the leads to help us get that number, right? So there's so many things in fulfillment, retention. So everybody kind of heads back to that critical number. And that has been a game changer for us this year. Mm, Because you're then you're all heading in the same direction and you guys have different roles in getting to that (laughs) number, but that it really unifies the team. I love that. I really, Mm. really love that. Um, Okay, so I'm guessing because and I love that actually this question I'm about to ask applies really whether you have a business that you're running or not, because either way, whether you're running a business or you're running your household, (laughs) right, it's one of the one or the other. systems. Let's talk about this because I'm super passionate about it. Um, is this one of your secrets to getting it all done? (laughs) Yes. I, I am obsessed with systems and I know people have this tendency to believe that systems just mean structure and like, it's like chaining you down, but systems give you freedom, right? Systems allow you to take a vacation and have the business run on its own, like a well-oiled machine making Mm -hmm. money without you. So you, it's the opposite of what people think it really truly is. So one of the things that if I'm coaching somebody and they have a frustration, I'll immediately say, okay, well, pause, what's the system for this? And there's usually not one, right? Or if they say like, well, somebody's upset and they want a refund. I'm like, okay, well, what's the system? 
there is a system, right? It's like, well, have you, is a system that you would jump on a call with this person to work through it first? Is the system that you would show them the contract? Would you, right? You have to figure this out. Um, if somebody's unhappy, do you want to charge them? Do you want to reimburse them? Do you want to, right? There's not a right answer here. It's what do you want to do? And then how do you put that system into place so that when it happens again, you don't have to ask this question. The team doesn't have to ask you. You get to do it. Now, systems are still important, even if you're a solo entrepreneur, because you want consistency. If somebody asks for a refund, you say no. Then their friend asks for a refund and you give it to them. Customers talk, right? Yeah. And so they true. do not like inconsistency, right? Yeah. So you've got to make sure that even as a solo entrepreneur, you start to put systems in place. So when you hire, it's easier to delegate yes. things because you can say, this is the system for what happens yep. when somebody asks for a refund. Yes. Amen, <laughs> sister. Okay. So we have standard operating procedures, yes. right? So standard, it, it literally is. It's so funny because I just had a conversation with uh, Marge, who is, she's like, I call her Sergeant Marge in charge. She's my OBN, my online okay. business manager. And um, we, we, there was something that happened, right? An error, a mistake that was made. I didn't say, what's wrong with you? What did I, I said, what's wrong with the system? Mm -hmm. What do we get to fix in the system to ensure yeah. that this does not happen again? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, it's never, this is a key thing is if you ever, if you are currently running a team or you want to run a team knowing that when an error happens, it's not a person's fault. It's the system's fault. Yes. And yes, there are exceptions to where, yes, someone's not a fit for your company, et cetera, et cetera. However, when you have a checklist that is to the T, you know, when, for example, with, with Marge, it was an email communication situation. And I said, Hey, this checklist, we need to add that in the checklist so that now when you're going through and doing this one task, you have bam, 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 check, check, check what gets to be done in that process. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I, I'm absolutely in a hundred percent alignment and agreement with you yeah. on that. Um, and okay, let's take it to the woman who's listening right now, who isn't running a team, who isn't yeah. running a business. Maybe she wants to someday. Let's give an example of like a household system. Cause yeah, I think it's for really sure. interesting because you can apply it anywhere. Yes. Maybe, what's your example? that you So have? I will say that I am probably crazier than most, but I do have systems for my house and I have rhythms and routines for my house. Right? So if you're going to be a really successful entrepreneur, it's exhausting to have to run a household and run a business, right? So to put systems in place will make it so much easier for you. So I could go on like a million different ways, but I'll just give a few examples. So finding rhythms and routines of either like, especially this too, what did I say before? What is the frustration? If you're like, I always open up the fridge and there's never anything to eat. Okay. So th there needs to be a system for that. Yeah. I don't ever have an empty refrigerator because in my Google calendar, two different days of the week, it'll literally say order online groceries today, right? So Tuesday morning, it's like order online groceries. And then I think it's like Friday morning, order online groceries. So it mm -hmm. prompts me, it triggers me to place that order, right? Yeah. Um, so that would be a system. If you're like laundry is always piling up. Well, I know exact, I do my laundry every single Saturday morning, not my kids laundry, just my laundry. So like, I know when things are getting done and finding in like, when is it going to fit on my calendar to not be frustrated that, oh shoot, I don't have time to go to the grocery store. I don't have time to do the laundry. If you're putting it in and scheduling it in, you'll have a lot less frustrations. So if you're yeah. somebody that 
has like, I'm making this up, but like the junk drawer is just like out of control. It's always like overflowing. Then you may need a system of doing it one time, like spend time this weekend, clean it out. And then every 90 days, put a calendar reminder, go do some maintenance on the junk drawer. Right. Yeah. So that yep. a year from now, you're not like pulling out things that you didn't even know you had in there. Right. So it's a lot of times of there's initial work in the beginning, but then what is the maintenance to keep the system going? Because yes. even in your business, you know, Marge is in charge of that system. She owns it. But at home, you may be in charge of lots of this stuff, right? Yes. And that's yes. okay. So if you're in charge, what is the trigger or the reminder to help you stay in maintenance mode to get it all done? Mm, and I love that you just listed a really important tool, which is Google Calendar. Yes. Whatever calendar you use, I prefer Google Calendar, just saying. Um, but having those repeat, you can set yep. repeating I'm, I'm hoping you guys don't knew this, but you can yeah. set repeating uh, events in your calendar. Also, what I like to use is uh, on your handy dandy phone, the Apple reminders. So um, I had this situation where my father, this is when I would, I was actually visiting him, but we kept it going after I, after I left, he would forget to take his lean shake and I was trying to help him get healthier. Right. Yeah. And my dad doesn't have systems. Luckily he has a daughter who has systems. Right. <laughs> so I was like, I would have this reminder, call dad. When, when I wasn't there, if I was there, remind dad to take a shake. And every time mm -hmm. I did it, he would take a shake and he didn't yeah. to take a shake every, any, every day, right? Um, so little things like that can, can be supportive. And then also roles. If you're sharing a household like me and my boyfriend, Gerard, it's we have very specific things that I do and I'm in charge of and very specific things that he does and he's in charge of. For example, the trash going out on Sunday evening so yeah. that it's picked up on Monday mornings. There's a literally reminder he has to his phone to do that every Sunday. So we don't miss that. Right. Mm -hmm. So things like that, it's, it's not just these, and I want to share a quick, quick platform. I want to know if you have any tools yeah. too, but a platform that I'm obsessed with that I love is Asana. And I know sometimes people tell me I'm saying that wrong, but I don't care because that's how I've said it for the last three years. <laughs> but Asana is a tool. Have you heard of it? Yeah. I, and I think you're saying it right. I think that's how you pronounce oh, okay. it. Okay. Someone told me it's, it's Asana. I'm like, I don't like oh, that. I've always said Asana. So I don't know. Okay, Maybe great. we're both saying it wrong. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So what I love about that is you can set repeating tasks. And even today, um, I had a, a, a client who, like, as you guys know, I build websites. My team and I were an agency. We build websites. And one of, one of the, my clients said, hey, can we come back? I, I need to talk with you at the end of the month because we're doing such and such and such. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, great. So right away, that was put into an Asana task that's set to, to come up and pop at the top of my task list yeah. in um, at the end of the month. Yeah. So I, what I love about Asana is it's also repeating tasks and that's my workstation. That's where I work. So I love using that as a really great tool for accountability for anyone who struggles with accountability. Mm -hmm. Asana I can't tell you that's done wonders for me. Do you have any tools? Stacey, um, that you I use monday.com. I mean, it's, just, it's another project management yeah, software, but that's similar. what we use. And it's great with the team. And um, that's kind of where we communicate as well as do projects and tasks. Yeah. So guys, that's just it. So they're both task management, yeah. task management softwares. Um, another one I, I've heard Trello is yeah. also really good. Different strokes for different folks. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it just really depends on your on your preference. Yeah. Um, but those are really great tools for anyone who struggles with managing their tasks and accountability um, and who wants something to use for your team. Uh, that, those are great tools. 
So what other productivity tools do you use? Stacey? Um, I actually, I try not to go too crazy. Like my goal is to stay a little bit more minimalist in what mm-hmm. I'm doing because the more you add, right? So somebody listening might be like, I'm going to get a sauna and Monday. You probably yeah. don't need both. No, you don't. <laughs> you're going to pick one and you're going to stick yes. with it. So besides Google calendar and monday.com and boxer, I am not in anything else. Like that is it. I'm in those three things. I stay lean because I think we can make it overcomplicated. And then if I'm telling you set a Google calendar reminder, but you don't go into Google calendar ever, the reminder will not be effective. Right. Mm, So you might like, it depends who you are or what you do or how you do this. So my husband's not somebody who's going to be on Google calendar. Right. But if I want him to see something every time he goes in the refrigerator or let's say the the kitchen or the bathroom, right? I could literally put a post-it note on the inside of the bathroom cabinet that says refill or take out trash every Sunday or refill whatever I need to, right? Yes. So ask yourself, like, what is the trigger you can put in place that will be effective for you? So if that's putting your tennis shoes by your bed in the morning Mm. so that you put your workout clothes on. Great. If you're somebody who closes your eyes when you wake up and you walk right to the bathroom and you're not even going to see your shoes, then that's not going to work for you. Right. So you really have to ask yourself, like, what is going to be the thing to remind me? I will never remember to take my vitamins. So my vitamins are sitting right out on my island in a little container that I can't miss it. My husband hates that it sits there, but I'm like, I need the trigger or I will never take these vitamins, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to figure out what works for you. Those environmental cues are huge. Highly recommend listeners right now. Think about that. Is there any mm-hmm. habit, especially where oh, it's 2021 new year? What habits are you, ha, did you not do last year that you get yes. to do this year? And what environmental cues, post-it notes, setting them right in an obvious location that you see every day mm-hmm. um, that you can do and triggers that you can create in your environment to support you in creating that habit. Habit stacking is another really great way to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Atomic Habits. I don't know if you read that book. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So good, right? He talks about Mm -hmm. habit stacking, where basically you take one thing that you do every single day and you stack something else. That's the cue, right? And then you stack something else right after it that you get to do that you need to do. Um, So I I love that. That's so good. Okay, Stacey, you've delivered so much value during this Mm -hmm. episode. We're nearing the end here. I just want to ask you, is there any other thing that you were like about to say that maybe you want to leave the listeners with. But you yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Cause we've talked a lot about a lot of really cool stuff that we could be doing, but it's, they're very simple, but sometimes it's not easy. Right. And th- there's a difference between simple and easy. Mm. And a lot of these new habits or just new things that you're going to be putting into place in the beginning, it's a lot of manual work. It's going to take a little bit more time to get it going, but yeah. pretty soon that manual will turn into automation. You won't even think about taking your vitamins because you've done it every day. You know what I mean? Like you won't even think about having to do that thing, post on Instagram. Like it will naturally come to you. So I think just understand that we're trying to form something new and pretty soon it will come very natural to you. Mm, that's a really good tip. And I think that's a very, very important uh, point of clarification to make because there is that upfront work that ends up paying off big yes. time in the long run. Uh, I've had, I've, I've had one of my uh, past clients said, well, I don't want to hire someone to do this because then it's going to take time for me to train them. And that's what take away. I'm like, girl, 
I'm like, think about how much time it's going to save you. And remember, you're not training them. You're creating SOPs here. Yes. <laughs> you know, because it's not them. It's, it's what you're creating that they get to do for mm-hmm. you. Um, that pays off big time in the long run. So that's a really uh, a yeah. great point to make that you can really kick off this new year with you guys um, is really uh, starting to build out those systems for yourself, starting to build out um, these triggers, all the things that we talked about using a tool that will support you if you haven't used mm-hmm. any. You know, we listed a few options that you can you can see which one is right for you. So I love it all. Okay, so Stacy, uh, I do ask every female on fire right now. I'm in a series called Female on Fire, which I decided to extend. I was only going to do 11 episodes, but oh my gosh, golly, has it been fun to jam out with some females on fire on this uh, podcast? So uh, I ask every female. What is something about you? And this is a personal share. So I know we've been very business talk here. Um, What's something that you used to hide or dim or mute about yourself that you have since reactivated and reignited on your journey to being the female on fire that you clearly are today? Yeah, it's so funny because, you know, on social media, half the people are posting things and bragging and putting stuff out there that making their life look better. Mm-hmm. And a lot of female entrepreneurs, we make our life look a little worse on social media sometimes than it really is. We're trying to dim what's going on and what we bought and where we've gone on vacation and all of the things. And as somebody who owns a brick and mortar, that was really hard for me because I have to pull in the parking lot with my car. I walk in the building, you see my purse, right? Like there are so many things where it was very different having a brick and mortar than an online. You don't see my car online. You don't know what purse I'm carrying, you know, around. And I think for me, I always, what I would wear a different purse. I would think about the car that I was buying and what that looked like. And I remember in one of my masterminds, my friend was like, you got to like get out of this funk. And he said to me, so like picture the person who is going to say something to you. Like somebody will say something. So who's going to be that person? I'm like, oh, okay, I'm picturing her. And he's like, okay, So she's going to say something. If you're driving a nice car, you're wearing a nice purse, you're doing all the things, right? What is she going to say when you lose the business or you go bankrupt? Is she going to be supportive and nice? Or is she going to still say something not nice about you? Mm. And it was like the biggest aha of like, you're right. The people that are supporting me when I show the good things will support me when I have to show the bad things. And the people that are going to be rude or negative or condescending will always be that way. So why am I trying to please them or, you know, show them what they want to see when they're not here for me? And that was like, that was just a couple of years ago. So, I mean, I'm talking like a decade and a half of me, like battling this, like hiding who I was in my building versus who I was outside and what I could share and show. And after seeing that, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be me and I've worked really hard. And if I want to have a nice purse or a nice car or whatever, take a nice vacation with my kids. I I've earned that because I'm paying for it. So Mm. that was the biggest, like, wow, I wish I would have heard that 10 years ago. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. What a freeing feat. Like that you literally freed yourself to to be your fullest Mm self-expression. It's literally your self-expression. Yeah. Um, I love that one. I'm sure so many women listening are, were nodding their heads as, as I was, I I actually, I probably, I think the whole time I was like, (laughs) yes, I totally relate to that. And it's actually such a classic move. Um, to be honest, you know, a lot of women do that. We start to yeah. downplay. I had Mel, I don't know if you know Mel Wells. I had her on my podcast and she and I shared, we had coffee in London together one time. And she was sharing how she went friendship after friendship 
always feeling like she had to kind of shrink and she had to kind of dim. Mm -hmm. And I've been that way too, where like, you're afraid to share a big win because you know what I'm saying? So I love, uh, I love that we're ending it there too, because it's as every woman and man, well, I have mostly women listening, listening right now, as you grow, because believe me, you're gonna, as you evolve, as you ascend and elevate on this journey, you are going to have people fall away that needed to fall away. Mm -hmm. Just trust that. Trust that when you're true to yourself, everything true will come to you. So, I mean, that's one of my biggest things. We, we, as women, we want to be people pleasers and we want to please everybody. And in that we're not pleasing anybody, especially ourselves. We become unhappy and unfulfilled and exhausted because we're living a lie and it's exhausting to be something you're not, you know? Oh, so good. I love that one. No one's shared that one so far. So thank you for that. Stacey. Yeah. That's thank so you, good. Ashley. Yeah. This has been so fun. I had a good feeling about you. I had a good feeling about this episode with you. This was just like flowed seamlessly. I'm going to put all the things for the listeners to go follow you. Um, so I'm going to put your Instagram so they can go follow you there. I'm going to put your website, all the things. Is there anything currently presently that yeah. you have that you'd want to share with the listeners that I can put um, in there? I would just say the Foot Traffic Podcast. I talk a lot about marketing, implementation, taking action. You can find some good stuff there. Otherwise, everywhere at Stacey Tushel on social. Sweet. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Stacey, for coming on and sharing such amazing wisdom with our audience. I so enjoyed all of it. I'm sure they did too. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Such a fun conversation. If this episode spoke to you, and especially if you're a driven, ambitious woman, who is ready to dive deep so you can rise up to the next level and become truly unstoppable against any and all obstacles in your way, go to femaleonfire.net now. It is time to reignite that spark inside of you so you can radiate it out. Those parts of you that have been lying dormant, that you've been hiding, muting, shaming, It's time to reignite that flame inside of you so you are lit up from the inside out, irresistible, magnetic, in command of every room and every situation, and no one ever, ever forgets your name. Go to www.femaleonfire.net. That's femaleonfire.net or click the link in the show notes to learn more. You can also shoot me a DM on Instagram that says FOF for female on fire now. And as always, thank you so much for listening and especially for rating, reviewing, and sharing the episode. You're amazing. I love you. Have a powerful day.